Hello, everybody. Here I'm there to talk about Anchor. It's one of the best podcast uh, platforms that you can you can uh, go on. You can put all your podcasts on Apple, Google, any place. Any place to put up your podcast, you could all do it in one place. Anchor has all the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the phone or computer. And you can distribute any of your, your podcasts on any platform like Apple, Spotify, Anchor, you know, Anchor, Stitcher, iHeart, everything. It's everything you need you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. And let me tell you, I have had great experience with Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. That is Anchor FM to get started today. Welcome to Cindy and Joe's show. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. Country has made a, a look into the Cindy and Joe show. I'm a little curious about the musical choice on this segment. I mean, I love Johnny Cash as much as anyone. Johnny Cash, baby. Ring of fire. Ring of a fire. ring of fire. Because you know why? And we're talking about the Tigers, and you must explain. The Tigers... I believe are in a ring of fire and Chris Illich is involved. Okay, you're gonna have to expand a little bit on that because what do you mean by the ring of fire? So Chris Illich had to go on a media expose to say, listen, I, I didn't vote for the CBT. I vote I didn't vote for it. I I I've obviously, you know, all of us agreed on the, the last bargaining agreement. When it was specifically came out from four different writers that you were one of those people that voted not to approve it. And then we go on. He says, no, no way. I never voted against it. And that might be true, but that doesn't mean he wasn't working behind the scenes to be opposed to it. Or the second, he didn't the, take the, the actual it vote. doesn't mean that he said the first one he didn't vote no on. Maybe he voted yes on this one, but it doesn't mean he voted no, he didn't vote no on the other one. But the funny part about it is I have a hard problem with the Detroit Tigers right now what's your problem with the problem with the detroit tigers other than alavila which we know i actually actually i'm gonna give alavila a little bit of credit Uh uh-oh he actually has been doing a pretty good job but here's where i kind of am am a little bit skeptical of tigers now chris illich god bless his heart Great guy. I love the Illich family. Obviously, we love the Illich family. The Red Wings, Tigers, all that stuff. Absolutely. Little Caesars Pizza. Great. Detroit Legacy. Detroit. Great. Listen. The Detroit Tigers have a rich tradition of history, pageantry. It's an iconic logo. It is. We are in Detroit. We aren't in uh, Podunk, Missouri, or Kansas, or whatever, <laughs> you know, the, Shout out to Rye guy who lives in Manhattan, Kansas, or whatever Podunk City that is. <laughs> but listen, Carlos Correa going to the Twins in the division is an all right travesty. Well, I'll tell you, I was very disappointed we didn't cut Correa. My understanding is they tried to cut a deal. They could not come to terms. Uh, he wasn't opposed to coming to Detroit, but the terms just weren't right, and Minnesota is a better fit for him in that regard. I think it was a business decision, but I agree with you on this. The Tigers have spent more than most teams have uh, acquiring players, right? you got the Rangers. They spent about half a billion. You've got L.A. 
they're at 266 million and the Mets at 258 million. The Detroit Tigers are somewhere around $235 million committed, right? Why didn't they commit some of that to Carlos Correa? That I don't understand. Okay, but here's the, here's what I don't understand. The Twins guy is known as a, uh, is, as a cheap owner. He's been known as a cheap owner. This is a guy who traded off pieces like like water just because he didn't want to pay him. Okay? I don't – so now we see what he, he went to the, the, the Twins for. And he obviously gets to opt out after every year, which is not bad. But, but, and that might have been one of the terms that but, Chris Illich wasn't willing to agree to. But you – in my opinion, that's better for you. Because let's say Correa does ball, right? And then you say, okay, Correa, come on. We'll pay you, you know, this, whatever. I think, or you go to the free agency and you get someone better who comes around. I think the Tigers did a disservice to their fans. And I think that I only have one thing I need to see from the Tigers this year. What's that? I need... Riley Green up immediately, immediately at, at like the home opener. I need him up, and I need Spencer Torkelson, and I need. Oh, I, I need think, these I guys. I think you're gonna you're gonna see. I think you're gonna see. I Torkelson need these guys sure. because and we Riley Green too because Riley Green. This that guy. It, listen, he. You think Lucas Raymond and Mo Sider are studs? You think Kate Cunningham is a stud? Riley Green, rookie of the year. Book it. Book, Book it. it. Wow. I should be I should be I should be placing a bet right this way. I already did. I already did. <laughs> Plus sixteen hundred. Let's go. You don't have to listen to any sports betting. You just listen to the Cindy and Joe show. Joe's got you covered. Um Plus sixteen hundred. Spencer Torbelson's plus five hundred, which makes no sense, but I'll take Riley Green's plus sixteen hundred all day, every day, because I think he's gonna dominate. In this I think if he's given the right environment, he'll dominate. Let's take a look at the team that the Tigers are building around some of their core and some of their hot players. Here's what, here are the the acquisitions that Chris Illich has spent his 235 million on. He's brought on a, a catcher in Barnhart, okay, only for a year, but 7.5 million dollars. Bias, six years, 140 million. So he's willing to make a long-term commitment there. Then what I find interesting is. They put some money, and this is where I'm encouraged by what the Tigers can show us this year, Joe. It has always been a challenge. You know me, bullpen, bullpen, bullpen. I always thought our bullpen sucked. I always thought that's where we had our weaknesses. This last season showed that it isn't just the bullpen that they're, was our they're, problem. The payroll isn't 235. It's, it's actually 113. No, they've committed 235 million, though. So that, that's, that's what their 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 commitment. That's out out. Right. Okay, correct. Yeah, their yeah, long term commitment. Right. But but act but active payroll it's it's 113 million. Right. That's not much. I right. So, but my thing is my point is that the last season showed us it's not just the bullpen that we have to worry about. It's our starters. We had a serious deficiency in our starters. We need, and if you look at we need the offense. And if you look at the money that the Tigers have committed, they spent a good amount on two starters: left-handed starter Eduardo Rodriguez. For five years at seventy-seven million, but he's got to opt out after two, which means- and then you've got another. Then you've got a right-handed starter in Panetta. That's only a one year at five point five million. I don't like that one, but I, but the point is, and then they got a reliever, right? And then they pick up a, a right, and then they pick up a left-handed reliever 
for a couple of years at 13 million. Yeah, the guy from the athletics. Yeah. Yeah. So, but my point is this they are investing in their pitching, which is where they were seriously deficient. So at least they're willing to show that their priorities are in the right place. They're putting money into pitching, which anybody knows when you're going up to become a contender in the playoffs, certainly to goodness, if you're ever dreaming of the World Series, you better have a very, very deep bench when it comes to pitching. You've got to have enough starters to be able to get through, okay, the playoffs. And then you've got to have enough relievers that you can call in what you need, when you need it, when you get to the highest levels and you're starting to play in the World Series. So, you know, my dad worked for the Tigers, right? I mean, a lot of people know this back in the early, late 40s, early 50s. And um, he saw some of the greatest times of baseball, right? And, um, you know, now my dad was an outfielder and, um, you know, so he was not a pitcher. But I'll tell you what, who did he hang out with? My dad was an outfielder, but he hung out with pitchers. And I found that really interesting. And he would always have him, you know, teach him different pitches and things like that. That's where he kind of refined his knuckleball. And I'll tell you, almost till the day he died, he could throw an amazing knuckleball pitch. And a lot of people cannot master that pitch. But um, you've got to have a, you've got to have a, you've got to have starters as well as relievers who are diversified. You've got to have enough of your balanced left and right-handed pitchers. But you also have to have people who have specialized pitches and be able to diversify that. Um, you know, you can't just throw heat all the time. Um, but uh, you got to have a couple guys who can bring that on. So I think that if you see where the Tigers have invested in, uh, you know, some of that committed money, I like where they're committing that money at. And I think Baez was a great deck. I think not, I think uh, locking him down for six years was a smart move. And um, I think that they are headed in the right direction, but I don't fault them, Joe. For these short contracts. I know you don't like them, but I don't fault them because no, you know I why? Think, it allows I them to be versatile. I think the opt-outs are good because, but I think they are also bad because let's say Javi Baez doesn't work out. You know he's not going to opt out of that contract. You know, let's say, I, I think Eduardo Rodriguez is going to opt out of his contract because he did good in Boston. And that's a shorter porch than in Comerick Park where you basically got like, you basically got forever. You can go from here from to like St. Clair and you still won't. You still won't give up a home run ball because it's such a big ballpark. Instead yeah. of Boston, where like it's a it's a boombox, you know. Well, you know, and I think here's the other thing too, Joe. You know, they're only going to have Mickey for another year too. Yeah. So I think that uh, you know that maybe some of these some of these deals reflect the fact that they're going to have to be doing some retooling after this season anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you're. I don't think they're looking to be playoff contenders this next season. But the season after that, I think you're going to see some significant changes and some long-term Here's 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 what I need from Chris Hillage, okay? I need one thing. Before the season, I need A.J. Hunch has signed an extension to be the Detroit Tigers manager. Because I think Hinch is the Hinch piece, as they would say. The the Hinch pin. Hinch pin. (laughs) He is the Hinch pin. Yeah. He is the... What stirs your drink? You know, we're lucky in this town because we, for all the hate Blashell gets, he has done pretty well in, with the team that he has. Casey, Dwayne Casey for the Detroit Pistons, he's he's a pretty he's a good coach. AJ Hinch is probably the best coach. Dan Campbell, 
you could tell that that team loves his ass and will do anything for him, and they will mm-hmm. run through an effing brick wall and bite off kneecaps. A.J. Hinch, though, right when he came in, you knew there was boom. Right then and there, he made a difference. You know, A.J. Hinch strikes me as the type of manager who he's almost – he doesn't have the same personality as Sparky Anderson, but he has the same kind of calming demeanor. Like, like you knew I think, I when think, Sparky I was think, in charge, it was going to be okay. You know who I think he's like? Confidence. I like him. Attitude-wise. Attitude-wise, who do you think he's, he's like? baseball's version of Stevie Y. Maybe, yeah. Baseball's version of Stevie Y. Because he, he, really, he doesn't really have emotional – he doesn't really get emotional a lot. He, he's very concise in what he says. Like when you hear him talk about why he did this and why he did that, and we, when he goes on the morning show on ninety seven one, when he says something, there's so much concisiveness about how he did this and why he took out this picture and why he did this. Those that's 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 rare. It's, He's very. I find AJ Hinch to be very strategic. I find him to be. Um, very objective in his analysis of things. And I think he relies more on analytics mm-hmm. and more on the science of baseball than he does, you know, kind of like he's not a, I'm going to feel my way through it kind of guy. He's a, no, I'm a very, cal- he's a very calculated, um, th- you know, leader. And I think he makes decisions. I think he's got a based human, on, I, he's very data driven. I think he's got a, he's very I, I think he's got a human element to him too, where, he doesn't really rely on analytics totally, but he he uses it as a, as a tool. And he said that before. He uses it as a tool. He doesn't use it as a definitive measure. And I think that's what separates him from a lot of those guys that do use analytics as like their total go-to. I mean, in, maybe in, he uses analytics to validate his instincts. That's, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. like in hockey, there's the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they are a total analytical driven hockey team. Mm-hmm. And they suck. I mean, I don't know they suck, but they they can't. Def- they're they're bad defensively, and they because they want to score goals and they do score goals. But in the playoffs, a lot of times analytics goes out the window because playoffs are the playoffs. And I love that AJ Hinch doesn't use strictly analytics to, you know, feel the way like about the game. Because if you do that, you're putting yourself in a bad position. Because I remember one guy. In particular, he's, he was a, he was a football coach uh, in the NFL, and he used analytics to a T, mm-hmm. and he was absolutely dreadful in certain situations because he would go too heavy on analytics, and he'd make this brash decision to do this, and it cost him the game. I think that what AJ Hinch does, he's so calculated that he goes, okay, not the time to use analytics, like it's just not the time. And that's when you pick when you pick your way, you pick your poison. That's how that's how you really put your best. You use it when you need to, but you don't rely on. Right. It. Yeah. Well, you know, and the thing is, I think the reason why and we talked about this before, when we talk about analytics and the use of data in sports, um, I think what people need to realize: the smart managers, the smart coaches understand, and the reason why, by the way. These others who are so analytic, uh, reliant on analytics, why they tend to fail. You're not dealing with X's and O's on the ice or on the field or whatever. You're not dealing with, um, you know, ones and zeros. You're not dealing with 
you know, pieces of, you know, printed numbers on paper. That's not what you're dealing with. You're dealing with real people, human beings. And human beings are not, um, you know, programmable like robots or like computers. They're not. Things happen in the human existence that alter their performance, good or bad. They alter, you know, certain, you know, uh, the human spirit cannot be contained. And it's the fluctuations in what affects the human spirit that can affect performance, whether you're on the field or whether you're at home or whatever the case might be. And so I think the human element is missing with those folks who are so reliant on data uh, and so reliant on analytics. And you have to remember the human element because we are in fact, at the end of the day, as, as, as some, some of these guys, you might think they're machines, but they're not. They're human beings with, um, you know, a, a huge psychological and emotional component that cannot be um, measured and cannot be um, used and predict so predictable in every single type of situation and circumstance. So, I mean, some guys are something so simple as, as climate. Some guys doesn't affect them. Some people, it affects them tremendously, um, you know, or things like that. Sometimes some people can, can really leave home issues at home and then go to work and it doesn't affect them. Uh, some people are just, you know, if they don't have a strong, if there's a problem in the family, someone's sick, some, you know, there's a, there's a conflict somewhere that bleeds into their play and there's just no way around it. So there's that human element that cannot be ignored. And I think when you're too heavily relying on analytics, that's what happens. And that's why you fail because you're ignoring the human element. Yeah, you know, I just, I, I just, I, I love analytics. Obviously, you know, I'm a big analytic guy, but I think you. Oh, and me too. I think, I think at times you have to put it aside and use your best foot, your best judgment. I think the analytics can sometimes cloud the judgment. And sometimes you make a decision based on analytics. It's going to cost you in the end, but I like what AJ Hinch does, and I need to see an extension from AJ Hinch. That's that's what it comes down to. I agree. I think we need to see an extension, and I think we need to see more than a one-year extension. I'd like to see, you know, a three-year minimum. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to see a three-year minimum because I think he's probably the best coach we have in Detroit right now. Spring training looks interesting. I'll say that, Joe. For those who've been following spring training, Riley Green MVP and Rookie of the Year plus sixteen hundred. Bet now. This this episode is not sponsored by MGM Grand, Bet Rivers, or any of the other online betting casinos. But we might have that in a few. Oh yeah, it's possible. Uh, at the next segment of the Cindy and Joe show, we will be talking uh, the Lions, and we got to go through another rebuild segment. Let's we got to get just to it. it. We've already done some segments, but we're gonna we have to get our. They want to hear Cindy talk about battle me about the lion. So let's go. Let's go. <laughs> 